Okay, Elle, we've talked about some pretty freaking creepy internet urban legends. I mean, take Candyman from our Green Room episode, for example. But wait, did you know that Candyman was actually inspired by another urban legend? That's right, baby, we're talking about the Hookman today. He might actually exist, and we're going to dive deep into the darkest tale of all time. I have a confession, and my confession is that I thought the Hookman was fully real. <gasps> maybe we'll get into it later, okay? <laughs> maybe like maybe this will be a surprise twist for me at the end of this podcast, but I thought the Hookman was a real murderer, so who knows? I guess I'm going into this one a believer. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your evidence expert who can't stop thinking about that one episode of SpongeBob, the hash-slinging slasher. I'm Eleanor, big SpongeBob fan, uh, hash-slinging slasher part two. I'm really excited for this one. Like I said, this sounds like it might get a little true crimey, unless... <laughs> Unless, just unless, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for, might scare ourselves into staying up all night. Uh, One thing is for sure, we're glad to have you guys along for the ride. Put your little, you know at uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney, they have the little hook hands? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pop that on. Imagine I, I have them right now. I'm so excited to talk with you today about the Hookman. This is one of like the oldest urban legends I'd ever heard of. And actually, I had no idea there were any stories behind it that made people think it was real or had real connotations. Would you consider Hookman a cryptid? How much non-human do you have to have to be a cryptid? Or is he just like a guy with a hook hand? How many tattoos do I have to receive? How many piercings? How many body mods before I too can become a cryptid? Well, I think that in your own right, first and foremost, Eleanor, you've always been a cryptid to me, my very favorite one. Thank you. However, I think that Hookman could be teetering the line. Now, the hook man, also known as the hook, which incredible, (laughs) incredible name, Um, the hook himself. He is a faceless silhouette of an old man wearing a coat and a hat to hide his identity. Now, is he faceless and all of that because he's wearing a hat? Like, is he a person or is he a cryptid? This does determine his cryptid status. That's like a really important detail for us here. Here's the thing. I need clarification, hook if you're out there listening. (laughs) Mr. The Hook. Now, one of his hands is supposedly replaced with a hook that he uses to murder his victims. The legend of the Hookman began in the 1950s. The legend goes as follows. A young couple in Pennsylvania in this legend. Listen, I've heard this all over the country, all over the world, baby. I'm sure you've heard the legend of the Hookman in like a city and state near you. But a young couple in Pennsylvania are parked at Lover's Lane at night. They heard an announcement on the radio that a disturbed amputee with a hook for a hand had recently escaped the local asylum. So this young couple hears this story and the girl of the couple, because obviously it's a straight couple because it's the 50s, baby, and nothing else exists but straight people. So the girl of the relationship, she's scared. She's like, I need to be taken home right now. And the boyfriend is like, nah, baby, we'll be safe out here. 
I don't freaking know how he convinced her that everything was fine. He just wanted to Mac on her. So he's telling her, no, no, everything's good. They go back to whatever they're doing. But that's when the two begin to hear strange scratching sounds around the car. And they decide that it's time to go. I guess the guy gets some sense into him and they immediately flee the scene. They drive away. Now, they calm down a bit, and once he drops the girl off at home, she notices a bloody detached hook embedded into the roof of the car, indicating that the hook man could have gotten into the car had they stayed for a second longer. They don't even die? They don't even die. But they took his hook? Wait, why would the hook man... How did they get his hook? Did they, like, drive away and pull his hook off? Yes! Like, apparently he was just, like, on top of the car, like, quietly. Like, he was just trying to come inside. I think he was cold. He was sitting there scratching like a little cat, and they just drove away. I'm kind of with the boyfriend at the beginning. Can you imagine just hearing that, like, it's like you said, they shoved everybody into, like, mental facilities at the time. That one person escaped, and she's just like, we gotta go. We can't be anywhere in public. The boyfriend's like, it's literally a Tuesday, dude. Like, (laughs) this is just what happens. Feminine intuition. She knew. (laughs) I made a note here of how interesting I think it is that, like, the hook man eventually, of course, finds his way into pop culture in the form of the Candyman movies. And you hear this story being spread in a million different ways now. And I think that I always reference this like game of telephone, I think we play with the web in general and how facts get mixed with fiction and how suddenly an urban legend turns into something so much different than it was 70 years ago. Base level, Hookman's kind of nice. I think he falls into our other cryptids and that it sounds like he hasn't really done anything wrong. Like even the Candyman interpretation, like we talked about Candyman a little bit on Green Room, but Candyman's not, he's kind of a sympathetic figure. He's not really the bad guy, right? And it sounds like this Hookman, man's was probably lonely. Like, please. Dude, when I watched the most recent Candyman, I've never seen any of the others to be fair, but when I watched the most recent one, I completely sympathize with him in every iteration. So... I don't know. But listen, okay, in this story, I think he was just trying to get them to stop macking on each other. He said, no premarital macking. <laughs> However, in the next story, there are different iterations of this, of course. So let's talk about the more gruesome of the versions. Let me take you back to Pennsylvania. They're macking in the car, right? The girl and the guy in their perfect little, I don't know. What did they drive back then? (laughs) What did they drive in the 50s? I don't freaking know. I don't drive anything now, so I'm not (laughs) the one to ask. (laughs) Well, they're still getting it on and they hear these scratching noises. The boy says to the girl, hey, I'm going to check this out. You don't get out of the car. You stay right here no matter what. And she's like, okay. So he gets out of the car. He locks it behind him and she waits. She waits five minutes. She waits 10 minutes. And he never comes back. Eventually, she simply falls asleep and stays there overnight. When the girl is rescued in the morning, she discovers that her boyfriend's body is hanging upside down from a tree. Now, during the night, she had continued to hear those scratching sounds. And she was completely freaked out. And it was one of the reasons she wouldn't get out of the car. But her boyfriend's body was slashed. And his fingernails were covered in the car's paint, revealing that he had been the one scratching all night long. Wait, wait, wait. They heard scratching noises before he left the car, but his fingernails were the ones scratching? (laughs) They heard scratching sounds. He gets out. 
But she still hears more scratching sounds. So it's like something was scratching to lure them out. Uh Uh-huh. And then he was the one scratching after that. But two different, like, was the hook man trying to imitate fingernails so it would be a seamless transition? Like, what was going on here? That seems a little, (laughs) seems a little silly to me. Also, if you heard scratch, why wouldn't you just drive away? Like, in in some ways, this was just a, a stupid decision, sir. What did you think would happen? I think that the couple in the first round really had it on the nail. Like, just drive away. Just leave. Exactly. I love that you made the first hook man like a bit of a prude. Like, no premarital sex, but he's like this fully grown man on top of a teenager's (laughs) car, just like splayed out as they're making out. I hate this. (laughs) I hate this so much. He said, love me in. I don't know which hook man is more insidious. I don't know. So we've heard the legend of the Hookman, but up next, we're going to discover, is this just an internet urban legend formed out of an urban legend decades old to keep us up all night? Or is there anything real behind it? Now, it's interesting, Eleanor, that you said that you thought the Hookman was real because I never did. Like, I always thought this was just an urban legend. I didn't know there was any true story behind it. However, it's speculated that the Hookman story is based off of the real events of the Texarkana Moonlight Murders in 1946. This was a series of unsolved murders committed by someone known as the Phantom Killer in Texarkana, located in Arkansas and Texas. The attacks occurred at night on the weekends, targeting couples who happened to be on lovers' lanes. So the hook is the only, I mean, (laughs) I guess the entire story is kind of made up, but like the hook is really what differentiates him. So he's kind of real-ish. Yeah, I think it's based off of the fact that there was like this mass killing spree going on on lovers' lanes, yes. So then in the mid 50s, the hook man gained significant attention in the media. The story itself was reprinted in an advice column called Dear Abby. One person was even quoted as saying that they would never go onto a lover's lane again, which I think really solidifies that the iteration of the story that came out was just scare probably teenagers into staying away from lover's lanes because again, premarital Mackin. Is this a thing that still exists? Because I was sitting here thinking like, man, you know, I probably also wouldn't go to a lover's lane, right? Like it's just... I'm a young, defenseless teen. Look at me. But like, are these places, I guess they were real in the 50s. Now I feel like it's all family-friendly scenic overlooks. I think that's like the parking lot of a Taco Bell now. I just don't know. Yes, like you're sitting in front of Wally World. True teen romance. Now, this story has inspired so much in pop culture and in the media. Of course, we have Candyman. But it also inspired the film The Town That Dreaded Sundown in 1976. Is that not the coolest title you've ever heard in your life? The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Pleases my ears. Now, this really popularized the folklore around the murder. I think it more so focused on those Texarkana Moonlight murders, but definitely brought in, you know, some elements of hookman lore into it. Of course, Candyman, and then the Hookman has also been featured in I Know What You Did Last Summer. But a lot of people think that this was almost an urban legend of convenience, that this entire story was created as a form of morality archetype in pop culture, this cautionary tale about teenage sexuality, in sort of a way to... I mean, look, adults have been trying to push abstinence on teenagers and anyone underage 
forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And it doesn't work, unfortunately. That's why we need sex ed classes taught in our schools. <laughs> Tea. <laughs> Tea. They were like, okay, so they won't listen to us when we're like, say abstinent for Jesus. So let's tell them that they're going to die. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it's just it's another form of social order. It's the same as the boogeyman. I mean, the boogeyman was just what like those types of figures were to keep kids off the streets and make them go home before sundown. Just another way to like implement a spooky little rule. But the hookman's definitely cooler, I think, than most of them, despite the fact that I guess he is like a canonical prude. I kind of hate that. But I do want the hookman uninvolved with teenagers. So I'm at uh, it's tough. (laughs) I would say tough is the word of the story. I don't know. The legend itself is really interesting and you know it has continued to survive on the web long after sort of the rise of popularity. This is something that has stayed really consistently popular. I mean, since like the murders that inspired it turned it into this legend in the 50s, it has continued to thrive. So, In 2015, a blogger named J. Nathan Couch posted about one of his readers' supposed experiences with the hookman in the 80s. Now, this reader said that he and his friends were freewheeling. I don't really know what that means, but they were freewheeling, baby. They were drinking a few beers, they're hanging out, they're vibing, but suddenly he hears scraping noises against the rear window and saw a distinct four-inch gouge which caused everyone to freak out. (laughs) He basically hears these scraping noises, turns around, and there's like this gigantic slash in the car. I was gonna say, you'd hear more than scraping noises, sir. Yeah. So they take off, they immediately drive away. But here's what's so strange. The gouge gradually faded out of the window over time, like a scar healing itself on skin. It's like Wolverine. (laughs) I think that that speaks more to um, the car. I would like to know the make and model, like ASAP, please. Yeah, I don't believe that the hook man's hook has healing powers, but the car itself, she might be tempted towards a license. What in the Transformers? Hello? (laughs) Bumblebee. (laughs) And then more recently, TikTok user Spectrum Oddity posted a video in 2020 of a possible Hookman scare. Does it surprise you that Hookman has survived into TikTok? Be honest. It doesn't. You know, these episodes would be a lot less complicated if we always tried to empathize or if we didn't, I guess, with our cryptids. But we do. I think (laughs) Hookman is firmly encrypted territory. And we have found that anything that is just a little non-human is probably going to survive like much longer than actual true crime or like a, a, a little ghosty without a face. In this clip uh, from Spectrum Oddity, she's driving through the dark in a forest at night, and you can hear something scratching against her car as she rolls up her windows. Now, one user comments that it was probably just twigs scraping her door. I lived in Georgia most of my life. Like, I'm very familiar with the sound. Hello. But she says, no, 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 no. I wasn't driving close enough to the foliage at all. She also mentioned seeing some people outside, so it could have been them. A group of hook men, perhaps. <laughs> a posse. Probably not likely. The only way she would have thought this was Hookman is if she had recently been reading or thinking about Hookman. Here's the thing. If I hear anything scrape against my window at night, I am going to scream. Like, that's just the thing. 
once you read stuff like this, I think that it's really easy to like implement into your head that it is this urban legend, it is this monster. And there's gotta be something kind of fun about that in a way. Like there's gotta be something fun about that scare. But at the same time, it was probably just Twix. <laughs> this is one of the cryptids that I feel like is easiest to believe you've seen or like have a fake encounter with because it seems like the only thing Hookman ever does is scratch. He should be the scratch man. He'd just be scratching. He doesn't do anything else. With this being said, did this touch on why you thought the Hookman was real? Like, is this the reason why you believed in this person, this story, or was there something that I missed? In talking about it, I guess I have just heard of so many different murders that have happened in like lovers lanes or so many teenagers or young adults who have been killed in their cars when they're off on their own. So really more so, I think I just assumed that maybe one or two of them had been done by a hook. Okay. But I'm realizing now that that came just like purely off of media. I don't think that we have the hook man specifically to blame, but there were a lot of killings on these lovers' lanes. Yeah, there was a valid reason for caution, mm-hmm. for sure. Something I was so curious about is like, and I don't even necessarily know if we have an answer for this, but what will this urban legend look like in 20 years time? Like the way that we play telephone with the internet. I'm so curious, what will this story look like with details added or taken away? Or like, what will it look like when it's gone through another rendition, another generation? I think it's gonna become just Candyman. I literally think it's going to just be cemented as this one fictional character and maybe the idea of the urban legend cryptid Hookman might fall away because the most recent Candyman movie was huge for like a new audience and I think that will be more the cultural consciousness of the Hookman more so than this Lover's Lane story from the 50s. What do you think though? I think that that's really valid. I think that Probably if it hasn't already, the Hookman will turn into more like a game. Mm. Or even just if it's Candyman. Because mm-hmm. that's how you summon the Candyman, right? In the movies, you say his name. Yeah, in front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost wonder if it'll turn, if it hasn't already turned into a game, I wonder if it'll turn into something like that, where maybe kids will prank each other. Like, you do it in your car by yourself. In 20 years, maybe we'll have flying cars. Who knows? Who knows? Let us know over social media. Have you heard of the Hookman? Do you think that it will persist with time? Do you think that if it's not already, it'll turn into the next craze of summoning games? Or I don't know. Just let us know all over social media what you think by using hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. For now, thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and by Deanna Markoff, Avi Gandhi, and Ed Simpson from Wheelhouse DNA. 
Sound design by Ron Shapiro with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research provided by Yumi Shin. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor, better known as Snitchery. AKA the gruesome twosome. 